From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I'm Kyle. And we are excited to have you guys back for another week of the show. And we have today, and I know, and I say this sometimes, is that, you know, we talk about some pretty tough issues, sometimes controversial issues. And today is no stranger to that. And sometimes we have some funny banter back and forth before we get into it. But today, we have a special guest on today, and he was highly recommended. We had Angel Cologne on mm-hmm. a few shows ago. And if you remember, Angel Cologne was one of the survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting. And I will tell you, if, if you're a new listener to us and you have not heard that, I would suggest that you go back and listen to that interview because these the interview that we're going to have today just syncs really well with that with that interview. And so I think you guys are going to enjoy our friend that we have on today, Luis Ruiz, and he came highly, highly recommended by Angel and just said, you've got to have him on. And we actually wanted to have him on a few months ago when we had Angel on, but due to his travel schedule, we weren't able to. So just want you guys to know that. And we're excited to have him on. Luis, he speaks all over the country on LGBTQ issues. He is part of the Fearless Identity uh, Organization and also ChangeMovement.com. And we'll talk about how you can follow him and how you can figure out all the things that he's doing in ministry. But these guys are killing it when it comes to helping people understand that there's freedom in Christ when it comes to the gay lifestyle and how God just redeems. And so we have Luis here. He's also a survivor of the Pulse nightclub shooting and and just a tremendous story of God's grace. Luis, thanks for being on the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So let's just jump right in. Um, let's talk a little bit and, and take us back. And we talked about this a little bit with Angel, but want to kind of get your review of that night. So take us back to that night, because I believe that this is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the night that was kind of pivotal to to your walk with Christ. I think you may have already been a Christian before that, but this night kind of changed some things for you. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I've got to take you back a year before Pulse Nightclub to understand what was going on here. I was drunk one night driving. I shouldn't have been on the road driving. And I ended up in front of a church 
that was worshiping and they were and 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 I don't know how this happened. I just I saw this church that was open and I was like, what is this? I go inside the church. Long story short, this lady leads me to 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 Jesus. You know, uh, I accept Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. There, I broke down crying and for, I, I decided that for a whole year, this is what I want. So I deactivated Facebook, all my, I changed my phone number. I just wanted to give this God a shot. You know, I grew up in the church, but it got to a point where I was just like, I have to surrender to the Lord. Like, I want this. I miss this. You, you mm-hmm. instruct the child in the word, he'll never depart no matter what. And yeah. so for a whole year I was caring, you know, I was, I was in this church. I was learning. You could learn the, the word of God. You can get a lot of knowledge, but sometimes you can't get that wisdom that only comes through Jesus, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, so for a while now, I'm like praying the gateway. Like that was just my focus forever. Like that was just like my my first, God, take this away. God, take the gateway. And it's like, I didn't even want to like talk to my mentors and pastors at the moment because I've been to many churches growing up where as soon as you come to Jesus right away, they want to marry you right mm-hmm. away. They want you to talk and walk a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the inside of your heart to be healed. So <clears throat> it would drive me to run because I wasn't ready to get married or be with a girl. I was, I just accepted Jesus, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like give me some time, you know? Right. And so that would cause me literally to run back into the LGBTQ because I was just not ready. You know what I mean? There was just so much being thrown at me at, at all at once. So I, like I said, when I, when I came to this church, I was just like, Let's try this one more time. This was like my last chance that I was going to give to God. And so I said, you know what, in order to do this, I have to do all these things. So I did it. And I didn't reach out to mentors, to pastors, because I was afraid that they would do the same thing. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it got to the point where they can all in a group talk about pornography, talk about women, talk about what they did, all this kind of stuff. But when I rose my hand and I said, hey, my, the, what I'm struggling with is a little different from everyone's it's same sex attractions. You would hear crickets in the room Mm. and that shame and that guilt was just intensified. Mm. So it's, it caused me to not talk about it no more. It caused me to do this on my own strength. Mm. And because I did it on my own strength, you know, more further into the story, I failed. So one weekend, after being in church for a whole year and just trying to do that thing, I saw two friends at the mall and these two friends invited me to Pulse nightclub. Mm. Granted, I got a praying mama, a prophetic praying mama. They called me up one night and said, listen, I had a dream. I said, "Uh Oh, (laughs) let me sit down for this one. (laughs) So she had told me, she said in my dream, it felt so real. Mm. You were running for your life. There was blood all over your clothes. There was blood on your shoes. I saw friends dying. And I look, and she said, in the dream, you look up and you hold your hands up to like grab me because I'm looking down and you're like, mom, help me. And she instantly woke up and she said, I don't know what that means. I don't know what you're going through, but just know that, you know, I had this dream and I wanted to share it with you. And then a week later, a big name prophet came to our church and started prophesying to me. And I was coming home late from work and he, you know, he has the same haircut as we do, you know, (laughs) he was like, Hey, you with the amazing haircut, come up here. You know, God has a word for you and started basically just pouring out life. And at this time I'm really struggling. So the Lord is always on time, you know, cause I was really going through it. I was getting ready to like hang up everything and just go back into the life. Um, as we call it. And yeah, so he was saying you were running for your life as well. He was like, I don't know what 
the Lord is saying, but I just see you running for your life. I just, I just want you to know that, you know, you're at this point where you're just ready to give up. And so all this is happening and I'm like, whoa. And then finally it's my birthday weekend. I decided to go to hang out with my friends that saw me at the mall. They were just like, Hey, come to Pulse nightclub. This is so funny. Cause I told myself, I said, well, if I go to the club, I could be back at church on Sunday, repent. I'm good to go. No one will find out. <laughs> like I was just like, <laughs> the whole world found out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And so in that, man, in that, in that struggle, I, I literally, um, it was a fight. Let me tell you, because my mom's dream, the prophetic word and all that, but it was to a point where I was just, I felt so alone at church. You know what I mean? I felt mm. so, and it was because of shame and guilt. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I was just like, I need to be around some people that get it. Mm. You know, I need to be around some people that just understand. So I ended up at a house party where we were having such a great time. People were asking me, where have you been? And I'm like, oh man, I've been in church. Didn't really share too much of it, you know, but they were just like, that's, that's, that's intense. And so it took us about 30 minutes to get to the club. I remember there was alcohol like crazy because if you ever been to a gay club, you know, those drinks are not cheap. <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> so we got a pre-drink at the house. We got a pre-party so that, you know, we don't, spend all our money at the clubs and stuff. So, but uh, we had food there. I remember people from all around because in Orlando, Florida, they celebrate gay days. So it's a real big event where people from all the world come together to celebrate. And um, so it was the end of that. And I ended up at this house party. We were all having fun and it was a good time. And I remember people saying, hey, let's not go to the club because we're drinking already. We got drinks, we got food, we got music. We're all here together. And I remember specifically two females saying, hey, let's stay here. Let's stay here. And we were just like so ready. You know, when you're ready to go to the club, <laughs> you're ready to go to the club, <laughs> to the club <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, we uh, ended up at the club and I remember it, a lot of us went and not everybody came back. Unfortunately, you know, we we uh, I remember it was last call for alcohol and we were closing up tabs and everybody was just, you know, our last dance in, you know, getting the last one. in. And I remember my two friends that invited me, I was hanging out with them. I was right by them as they were dancing salsa together. And all of a sudden we hear someone yelling, run for your life, run for your life. And I hear what sounds like fireworks. And I'm just, I look at them and because I know we got Disney next door, we got Universal. And sometimes those fireworks are so loud, you can hear them everywhere. So that's what we were thinking. And in just of a second, I see a man with a weapon shooting and shooting. You can see the flames go off of the weapon and the, the gun smoke, you can smell it and everything. And I was drinking. So I was like stunned. I almost like froze. And I remember my friend grabbing me and he says, run for your life. People are screaming and running. And all of a sudden, um, I'm running to the door. And long story short, because you had Angel Cologne on, we realized like years later that he, Angel was literally like a couple of feet away from me mm. where he was being on, where he was on the floor being shot. And as I'm running out through this small little door, Everyone's trying to get out that same door. You got people running to the bathrooms, people running, jumping over the, the bar to hide. I mean, it was intense. People pushing each other. I look back and my friend that pushed me was shot. His boyfriend jumped in front of him. He was shot. So now there's blood all over my clothes and my shoes. 
and the dream starts unfolding. Mm. As I'm coming out through the patio area, I go all the way to the end of it. And it's so far, it's just crazy now when you think about it, there was a door right by that uh, where I was trying to jump over the fence. It was open where the shooter was. So me, me and this guy were like, let's kick this fence down this part of it. And we're kicking it as hard as we can. We finally get it open and my leg gets stuck on the fence. I fall to the ground. And now everyone sees this exit way. They're running over me. They're over my feet or my legs, my, uh, my chest, my neck. I mean, they're just trying to survive, but mm -hmm. I'm down on the floor, you know, getting kicked around and trampled on. All I could do is just, you know, it was so much pain that I couldn't get up. I was just like, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And the only thing I can think of was let me get on the phone, call my mom and ask mm -hmm. for forgiveness. You know, I grab my phone and I call her and she picks up and I'm like, mom, mom. And the phone dies. Mm. And she said for that moment, she said that her heart dropped. She woke my dad up. And the only thing they knew how to do was activate the prayer line. And they started claiming for my life because that she could hear gunshots in the background. You know, it was just rampant, ta, 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 just going off and off and off. The guy was fully loaded and ready. And then to find out later that that same place where we kicked down the fence, there was a vehicle right there detonated with bombs that later on, they, the FBI, when they came over, they, they uh, had to detonate it and things like that. So <laughs> the enemy was definitely out that night. Yeah. Out of nowhere comes this person inside of the club. We're sitting up here trying to write him out the club. And this guy comes in and I'm just like, what's going on? You know, he picks me up and he walks me kind of all the way down to the 7-Eleven where he sits me down. And as all this is going on, I hear five. I, I mean, the, the, it's taken a while for the ambulance to come. It's taken a while for paramedics, all that. And all you can hear is screaming and you can hear gunshots going and going and going and going. And this lady comes by and she's in front of me and she was like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, like they're shooting up the place. Can you please call the cops? Like, I don't know why they're not here yet. I'm just panicking. And she's like, she lifts up her hands up and she starts interceding. She starts praying. Mm. And then she looks at me and she's like, you're not supposed to be here. And, and, and I'm, I'm like focused to the club. I'm focused yeah. on what's happening. And then all of a sudden I look around and she's gone. And just like oh that guy God. that came into the club to help me out, put me on a show, I've never met, I've never seen him since then. I've been looking for him to thank him and everything. I have not ever nothing. So as this is going on, it's just, it's, it's crazy. But this is what you won't hear in the media. This is not what you're going to hear on the news is that there was a group of lesbians that gathered together and say, we have to pray. It's almost like if they were also, they also grew up in the church or nothing. I don't know, but they just mm. got in a circle and they started praying for their friends inside. You won't hear that on, on the news, wow. <laughs> but I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. So it's so funny how at moments like this, we know where to go to, yes. you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So to make a long story short that night, I remember getting to the hospital, to the VA hospital and there I was laying down and now I have juice on my phone. My parents catch a flight with my, my family, my sister to come down to Orlando, Florida. I'm in pain. I'm in, I'm basically just texting my friends. Where are you? Where are you? Did you guys make it out safe? And then as I look at the TV, dead, 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 49 people that night mm. and many were injured in the hospital where we still didn't know where they were at. I remember parents looking for their kids, wondering where are they? And a lot of them couldn't release that information just yet, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that night 
it was it was intense. It was a night to remember. And just thinking that, wow, my mom had this dream and I didn't listen, mm. you know, and, and, and instead of reaching out, you know, to my leadership, to my pastors, I chose to keep this struggle and the enemy could have took me out. Let me tell you, one of those bullets could have had my name on it. Yeah. You know? And I wouldn't be here today to be sharing this with you guys. And I thank God for a praying mama. Mm -hmm. I thank God for a praying family that yes. had mm -hmm. to tarry in the presence of God and kept me covered because who knows, I'd be on my way to hell in a handbasket right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we really need to listen at as far as what you said was, I think a lot of us that are in church, because the majority of our listeners are, are Christians and, and, and mm -hmm. we would assume go to church on a regular basis, you know, we get these little words, right? We, we get these words where we're at an altar call or somebody just comes up to us and says things like, man, I really feel like God wanted me to tell you this or whatever the case may be. And I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in prophetic words. They don't believe in you know, that God speaks to people and all of, all of these things. But, you know, there comes a point when we have to realize and humble ourselves to say, God speaks in all kinds of ways, right? So whether it's through dreams, through visions, through your prophetic word. And I think somebody that's listening needs to understand that you've been told some things, right? You've, you've heard God or somebody has told you that here's what God is saying about you. And sometimes you're just nonchalant about it, but you never underestimate a word from God, right? You know, you never underestimate when God speaks and says something to you. And I think that's a, that's just a call for all of us to not take words that we get for granted. Even if it's it, it, even if it's from mama, we're like, oh, mama, you're just you're just worried, mom. You just you're being a mom. You know what I mean? Like all the things that we would say. You know what? With mom says, God said, <laughs> we mm. might need to perk up. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you yeah. know, and 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 you know, and sometimes people might not say God said. They may just say, hey, I feel impressed by this because I I know you know as a person who says things like this to people from time to time, sometimes I don't necessarily want to put it on God because I'm very careful, you know, to be, I'm very careful to say what well, God said something. Yeah. So sometimes I just say, Hey, I feel impressed to say this to you or, or, or that kind of thing. You know, these are all things that we, we, we need to heed because God is so intentional about our lives. Like even in the midst of your mess, God was there chasing after you. It reminds me of that song that's so popular is that, you know, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. You mm -hmm. know, what kind of God breaks into somebody's dreams, you know, about their son and says, hey, here's what's going to happen, you know, and then follows that dream, follows that person into a, a gay nightclub mm. and a mass shooting. You know, and then that comes back to your mind and you see, man, you know what? Mom was right, but really it's God was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because I tell when people talk about that, I, I tell them that God rewarded my mom for not compromising to the gospel. That's very important. You can love your child. You can love them without having to not compromise to the gospel. She was so faithful to it. And it's almost like it was a reward of daughter. I'm rewarding you. I'm saving his life because you've been faithful to me and not mm -hmm. compromise. And yeah, you're so right. It could have been my last night. You know, one thing I took from this is that tomorrow's not promised. 
to yeah. me or to you, you know? Right. So, you know, I, I, a lot of people say that they probably could have a chance to repent and ask for forgiveness. Things were happening so quick. I might not have even got that chance, but God, yeah. you know, but his grace and mercy on my life. I'm here today to share all that. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about, so after this, I, I know you, you talk a little bit about you, you were serving in the church you know, but you were also still kind of in that that lifestyle. Talk to us about the time after Pulse, like kind of what that looked like in your life. Yeah. So I remember being getting a little angry because now I'm seeing the church come against me and people writing me saying, oh, you had us fooled. How dare you? That's what those gays get. And that's mm. an abomination. So that's judgment. So in my heart, I'm just like, you know, getting more bitter. And I'm just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that the enemy was using to keep me locked in. And I'm seeing all the love that the LGBT is having with this community. And then I'm seeing all the rejection and, and judgment that's happening over here. Yeah. So the enemy used that as a tool. And for a while that was feeling that way. And then I had my beautiful praying mama and daddy come by and my dad gets on the news and he asked for forgiveness because the church has not been able to deal with this in the correct way. Mm. So seeing that shift for my father, it was so like crazy because it was just like, wow, you're on the news, like asking for forgiveness of so something mm. that, you know, later on I find out that the reason why we had that disconnection is because he was abused when he was a child. So he didn't see me as my son's coming out the closet. He saw my, he saw me yeah. as an abuser, you know, oh my goodness, he's about to be an abuser too. Mm -hmm. So it was so impactful seeing my dad get on the news and seeing people, some people from the church that really knew perfect love cast out fear and was able to love on this community, go and pray for families in the hospital and things like that. But even seeing this, it was just so hard to see people that were close to me just reject me in that kind of way and, and pass judgment and condemnation. And so it wasn't until, honestly, through that, a couple of weeks later, I get an email saying, hey, I need you to check your email. A lot of people, unfortunately, that passed away had HIV. Mm. So I'm just like, you know, freaking out because I, I, there's a, there's things going on in my body, especially like I'm feeling a certain type of way because I just they're lost like a lot right now. And so I go get checked. And I remember sitting there just nervous because I had a sexually promiscuous life. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I can't sit here and say, I'll, you know, that's just, I was crazy. I was a hoe. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I can say that, but <laughs> you, can say that. <laughs> you, know, you know, can I be real? Like, right. you know, oh yeah. Be real. I was sleeping around and, and it's so funny because I was sitting there and I was trying to tell the guy that uh, I'm a pastor's son and, and I was in the United States army. And so I was thinking to myself that I could never get something like this, like trying to you know, use that as, as an excuse. And because I was so nervous of the outcome. And I remember I made him do it three times because I didn't believe what was being reported. He was just like, I'm sorry, but unfortunately you're positive, HIV positive. Mm. I remember the third time my heart sank and I just, I broke down. I broke down. I didn't know what to do because I didn't know anything about that at the time. So sure. for me, I just hear all these awful things, but you know, thank God now science and everything has just made things a lot better for us to live a normal life. And there's healing in the name of Jesus, Amen. <laughs> so, you know, um, but yeah, so that 
that at that moment, I, I remember running to my room, shutting myself in for almost like about a week, just weeping and crying. And just, I mean, it was horrible. Like this thoughts that were coming into my mind, I was ready to give up. And then out of nowhere, I felt the presence of the Lord come in as I'm yelling and saying, I'm a gay man, God, like, what do you want from me? Like, I know I'm going to hell. Like what? Like it was almost like if the Holy Spirit was pressing, like God was reaching out and, and trying to capture me again. And I'm just throwing all this like, ah, like why this and why that God and what? And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I hear a whisper of the Holy Spirit say, it's not a gator straight thing. It's a loss to save thing. Mm. When you ask for the heart of Jesus, you get all of him. I was busy praying to gateway, asking for his hand. You know, but when you pray for his heart, you get all of him, just like he wanted all of me, not just my sexuality. Yeah. I, was, I was making my sexuality a God and not Christ Jesus, you know, yeah. and, and that's all that I was focused on. And that's why with my gay Christian friends, like I tell them, I'm like, you know, it's there's so much there that all you're doing is just defending more your sexuality than the gospel of Jesus. That's mm -hmm. all you're promoting. All you're preaching is this this place where you just want to hold on. And unfortunately, that's where I was at. You know, I was trying to do the Christian and then the gay thing and marry it together and it just, you know, I, I was not happy. You know what I mean? Mm. There was always that, that, that punch with the scriptures, no yep. matter how I try to change it, flip it around, twist it, you know, it was always in my face, you know, and it was just like, I can't get away from this. So anyway, so I broke down there. I, the Holy Spirit poured out to me now in my room, little by little, I'm grabbing my Bible again and I'm reading scriptures and I'm, and I'm getting submerged in the word of God because it's alive and active. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't know it, but the Lord was piercing and pruning my heart and, and, and confronting me. That's why it's so important to stay in the word of God daily. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. if you don't, you'll end up compromising to a generation that knows nothing of the word of God. <laughs> you know? Right, right, um, right. So God is teaching me there. And all of a sudden I hear a whisper saying, okay, now you need to find a church. You need to find a pastor, some leaders that will pour out into you. You need to get connected. You need to learn how to serve. And so I'm literally looking for churches and finding churches. And then finally I found one. I felt the presence of God say, this is home. Didn't know that the pastor was prophesied that a post survivor would come to his church a year later and just, you know, change the atmosphere of what's going on in the church and stuff. So it's so crazy how God just connected us. And then I started growing in the Lord, got baptized and, and just, you know, start serving in the church, start getting connected to the men's group, because that's so important, you know, um, mm -hmm. learning my true identity in Christ mm -hmm. and now sharing this amazing story. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's incredible. You mentioned just briefly that you served in the military. So I guess talk to us a little bit about that. Like that was, that's kind of, you know, an interesting yeah. place to go, uh, <laughs> you know, li you know, living uh -huh. in that lifestyle. So uh -huh. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I remember like, you know, because it was always scripture taught to me at a young age, I always feared the Lord, you know, in a way I always loved him. I just didn't know how to go about this with these same sex attractions. Mm -hmm. So I remember telling myself, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to join the army to quote unquote, become straight. You know, I was just like, you know, if I join the army, I'll become straight. They're real rough there. They're real, you know, macho men. And honestly, that was the worst thing to do without Jesus because I became even more sexually promiscuous. And now I'm being confronted mm -hmm. with this secret world 
of homosexuality where the men are married but they're living double lives you know they're oh, they're in love with their wives but when we deploy to iraq all of a sudden there's something else going on and so this is like that was like my thing you know and i was like mm-hmm. oh wow like now i'm being exposed to this this is, this is awesome i became crazy promiscuous but at the same time now i have to uh, i'm out the closet so now in the army it's almost like i was put back in the closet because i was serving in a time where you couldn't don't ask don't tell mm-hmm. if you got caught they, they were dishonorable discharge you out the military so you know there was all that going on you mm-hmm. know and then what, what 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 opened me up to be more of a gay activist was that they found a love letter and when I was deployed in Iraq and they basically put me in front of the the whole formation and they said, this is not what we are in the United States Army. There's no homosexuals in the United States Army. And they were basically like, you know, uh, putting the red letter on me and stuff and just all, all that that was going on. It caused me to get angry. It caused me to, I was just like, ah, I became this. But because God was intervening in that, uh, they ended up keeping me in. They just stationed me somewhere else. But it was just, there was just so much going in there. And, but even then I would still find myself looking and finding for a church. You know, it was just, there was that hunger that no matter how I, how much I thought I was gay and an activist. And I would, I would tell you that I, I, you know, I would put on this face of that. I was happy and I was having fun, but there was not true joy there that only comes from the Lord, you know, joy that surpasses all understanding. So it, it was just something that I was dealing with that, you know, I can sit up there and, and dance on stage without my shirt and thought I was the best man in the club and <laughs> at the, go home and cry, you know, because mm. I was not happy. Mm. So, yeah. I, yeah. And that's, that speaks to, I mean, I like that you said it's not a gay to straight thing. It was a lost to save thing because what you just said there ties it up. Whether you're going to a nightclub or a gay nightclub, there's people that go and they go to clubs because they're trying to find happiness and then they come home and they cry themselves to sleep, you know? And so I think with the with the military, with the church, and I hesitate to say the church in general when I speak anymore because I don't want our listeners thinking the church as a whole is doing, but there are churches that are doing phenomenal on this front, you know what I'm saying, that mm-hmm. they've... They've tackled the the verbiage, the education to the gay community, and they're handling it the right way. So I don't want to say the church in general is bad, but for the most part, where we've gotten it wrong is that, is that approach to isolating this as like, well, this, the Bible is very clear about sexual sin, but isolating it almost as if like, this is your identity, which that's never the case. There's so much more about you than your sexuality. There's Mm -hmm. so much more about you than your sinful habit, whatever it is. And so... And then they'll speak even further on that is, is I think it's intriguing to see that you, you went to the military almost because it's like a masculinity thing, you know, where you can hide behind that masculinity. And I think that as parents, as leaders, as, as students, whoever we are, wherever we're at, we have to understand that masculinity and femininity, I mean, that's not talked about in the Bible. Like God didn't say, (laughs) You need to be a certain way to be 100% man, and you need to be a certain way to be 100% female. You could be a woman who was more masculine and be 100% woman. You could be a male who's more feminine and be 100% male. You know what I'm saying? And we have to learn how to we have to learn how to accept that and embrace that and understand that we have to nurture a culture in that truth. Yeah. Of whatever their nature is, right? Because God created us male and female. We know that. Or you know, we can keep getting into that conversation. But I just think. Just hearing like the certain key points, right? And I'm like, man, that that just resonates to what we're learning right now of how we've un we've 
we unintentionally caused damage and caused trauma in someone's life who has come out or who was dealing with same-sex attraction because we haven't nurtured it correctly because we're uneducated about stereotypical things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. That's well said. And I love what you say, how like it's almost like if now with this conversation, it's very sensitive to like say, you know, talk about the church, because like you said, there is a lot of people that are standing up. The church is, I believe the bride is taking her position and I love it because there are pastors and and people that are standing up and say, let's have this conversation. And, you know, people pick apart when we talk bad about the church and they use that as a weapon, you know, and we, and they, and then they use their victim mindset. You know what I mean? To, to say, oh, well, the church, the church, the church, the church, you know what I mean? And it's right, just yeah. victim yeah. mindset that we play. And, and so I'm so happy that you said that because there's so much weight in that. And, and, and that's what we talk about, too. We are the church. If they're not being yeah. the church, then you be the best representative of what the church is. Mm-hmm. And that will transform a generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're the perfect example of the bride stepping up. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I just think as listeners, you know, we have a faith-based background, but we have to understand that one thing that I am I am super proud of is that we have seen this transition start to take place where the church has almost owned it, you know, and they're like, okay, we as the bride, we have to stand in the gap now. We have to under the excuse isn't there anymore. We can't just say, well, we just don't understand because we have to respond and we have to be a voice and we have to, in most cases, be an opposing voice. But there's a way to oppose things that are going to edify. There are ways to oppose things in an effective way that, you, like you just said, lost to saved. You know what I'm saying? And so when you said that, it just blew me away because there's there's certain phrases that we're starting to hear. And I'm like, man, that's just, it's so clear. And it's it's just the perfect way of saying what we're trying to say with few words, you know? So. Yeah. And I think, uh, Luis, a couple of things you said as well is, and I want the listeners to to remember how you said this. Luis literally is trying his best to not be gay. Truly, like he's he he served in the military for 15 years. He's doing all the trying to to masculine, you know, uh, to man up, if you will. And I say that in air quotes. Right. I want you to understand, like, here's a guy who's trying everything he can to correct a behavior. And I feel like this is where the church has been is we keep trying to correct people's behavior. Well, you you walk too feminine. You, you, you need to walk right. You need to get married. You need to like you can't only God can change a person's heart. Like when you see people who are in the LGBTQ lifestyle, they can't just like and we said this on, on Angel Show, just like a heterosexual man. If you were to tell him that it's wrong for him to be attracted to his wife. Mm -hmm. It is the same way for a man or a woman who is, who is attracted to the same sex. You go to them and say, Hey, you know, you're not supposed to be attracted to her because you're a woman. She's going to look at you and go, that goes against every fiber of my being because for as long as I've ever known anything, I've always been attracted to a woman or a man, you know, might say that about another man. And so to try to get them to quote stop being gay is a it's it's like trying to hold a sea back with a broom it's not going to happen what can happen is that god can save them 
<laughs> which is the which and again I, i've said this before too is you don't go to hell for being gay you go to hell because you don't have a relationship with jesus christ once you have that relationship with jesus christ he transforms your life to where you want to live right you want to please him you want you realize your identity is in him and not in the urges that you have because as a heterosexual man Listen, I could have any or like I could be tempted by another woman, but that doesn't now become my identity. That is a behavior and that is some things that I need to correct. But the Holy Spirit can help me to correct that. But if somebody doesn't have the Holy Spirit, it is impossible for them to correct that behavior. Yeah, they may be able to ward it off for a little while and self will themselves out of certain things. But but at the end of the day, they're going to be right back there. Why? Because they don't have the power of God to to help them there. So I just thought that was important of what you said. Yeah, no, another something else that the Lord has been just revealing to me is me and my dad, we've been now strengthening our relationship together. We've been bonding more. If we want to go deep into this, I also feel that this is why we've been going to the churches to speak to the fathers. If we want to get technical and you look at my story, it's me searching or looking for affirmation of a father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, and the Lord, even in that, had to refather me through mm-hmm. pastors, through my own father, you know? And, and, and if you look at a lot of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. people, same-sex attracted people, they are looking and searching for father's love. Some mm-hmm. of them don't have it because some of them have been pulled away. Some fathers have not taken responsibility and, and care for their children. So they've walked away from that. So, and it's not at a place of shame and guilt, but it's a call. It's a challenge. It's an available space for fathers to take their positions in the house and understand that, you know, I need to show my kids love and, 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 and nurture them in the ways of the Lord. But at the same time, that, that if there is a fish, if they want to go fishing, if there's an event at school, I'm going to be there, I'm going to champion them and I'm going to show them the love that even if they cry, I'm going to love on them, that that's not sensitive. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. in so many ways we're we're now, it's like the, the Holy Spirit's opening up this new can of worms where we're just like, okay, so let's deal with the issue. Let's mm-hmm. deal with the root cause. And if you look at a lot of them, you'll hear them say, oh, my dad, this, or, uh, you know, I just, my dad was so this way with me, or he wasn't part of my life. And, 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 and if you see it now, even the construct of marriage is being broken, you know, the yeah. construct of being a father is it's, it's applied that, you know, go get someone pregnant. You're okay. Y'all can get a divorce and then just send money a month. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, you have this kid here who needs dad. See, God knew what he was doing in the design of a family. Yes. And yes. because yep. of that, yep. because of that, the enemy knew so strong. He said, well, let me create two dads to have a kid. Now you got the mother missing from the family. And the right. mother can only give what a mother can give that the Lord has yes. put it in her heart, just like a father. So if you notice, it's it's a setup from the enemy. So now that the church is rising up to the call of abortion, they know that, you know, that's the shut of innocent blood. So the enemy is saying, okay, well, let me just put two same-sex people together so that they won't have kids. So there's even a, an anointing poured out on the seed of that, that the enemy is trying to rob, you know? So... It all comes back to dad, <laughs> you know, yeah. to the fathers, like there's a special anointing that. So even with that, the Lord has just been revealing to me, man, if we can just, if we could just get these fathers together and mm-hmm. just, you know, pour out and just, you know, 
not teach, but just journey with them and, and how this looks like will set a generation free. Yeah. And a lot of that, Luis, is, is the fact that the fathers haven't been fathered. Right. They, they don't they don't under. Like, so it's hard for them to, you know, I, I think about my own dad, you know, my dad was, you know, he was a pastor, but my dad, like I, we we didn't have there was no, hey, Kevin, you're doing a great job. There was no hugging. There was like my I, I, I've never received a hug from my dad. I've never received, you know, affection. And I don't and I think it's because he simply didn't have that in his own life. So how was he able to do that for me? And it wasn't that right. he didn't love me. He was there. He always provided for us financially. I mean, there was no, and, 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 and it hurts me when I even have to say anything about him because I, I realized how well-respected he, he, he was. But by the same token, I have to be honest about the hurts and the pain that I've had all through my life and realize that I have a... I had a lot of dad wounds that that like the affirmation piece, you know, you do the five love languages and we just did this with our small group. And one of mine is words of affirmation. Mm. And the only time that I remember hearing my dad say that he loved me was a few days before he died. Mm. And at that point, it didn't matter because I realized that one of the reasons why he was saying it was because he knew the end was near. Mm. And but he was I don't know if he he was just afraid like I, I don't know and again he wasn't a bad dad he was great dad but I don't think he, I don't think he knew what he wasn't doing <laughs> you, you know what I mean and so I think as dads you know you I think we need to just if there any all the all the men the dads that are in the the audience that are listening I think it's a call to us to reevaluate. Mm. our relationships truly mm. mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's your kids your your nephews nieces your grandchildren it could be of somebody at school somebody you work with that you just see and you just look at them and you're just kind of like oh they're 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 a little odd you know don't get stuck in your masculinity so much and be so addicted to being what the world says a man should be that that you're not sensitive enough to the needs of other people or other men, I, you know, say, I love you. Right. That I mean, that's one of the things. And I, Kyle, I'm just going to say this. Ah, um, that's one of the things that and Kyle doesn't know this. I've never said to him this ever before, but there is not a time that we get off the phone that Kyle doesn't say, love you, man. Mm. That means the world to me. Yeah. And I've noticed that about him. And I I don't think there's any other person that I talk to, maybe there's one other person that says that to me before they get off the phone. And for somebody who comes from a home where I wasn't told that on a regular basis, it's foreign to me still mm-hmm. to this day for somebody mm-hmm. to say that, right? So fathers need to be fathered. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our relationships, guys. Like, let it stop with you. Don't, like, let it, let you know, it, I, I love that little saying I've seen on Facebook lately. It said it ran into my family until it ran into me. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> you know, let let it stop with you. And anyways, I could, I could go on and on because, but man, just so well, the, fa- the father thing. thing is big because I've always wondered, yeah, I grew up without my biological father. And I, I look back and I go, man, it may be a blessing that 
<laughs> knowing what he was involved in, I'm like, ooh. And I see kids that have dads at home, and I, I question, I go, I wonder if it would be better if the dad just wasn't in the scene. You know, mm-hmm. that's how toxic fatherhood can be if you're not fathered. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're questioning, would it almost be beneficial for the more benefit? They're both evil, right? Dad not being there or dad being there, but not being there, you know? And it's like, if you even have to ask the question of, would it even be better if the dad just wasn't there? Like, that's how you know, oh my goodness, there's, a, there's an epidemic in fatherhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it because one thing that the Lord has been revealing in my heart is that even if dad wasn't there, if dad was there, whatever the case may be, he is the ultimate and everything of being refathered. Yeah. You know, that's one of the big things that we get when um, people come to us with same sex crash. Oh, I didn't have my dad. My dad wasn't there. But God is wanting to refather you and break that generational curse so mm. that you are there as a father. And it breaks things because even the, the, ch- in the, the men in the church, now they're learning how to become fathers because they're being refathered by the ultimate father. And there's just this, this flow of anointing because it starts from the head. And it's almost like this society, this culture has desensitized or just taken the father out and given that an excuse, you know, when I, I just, I love that the Holy Spirit does things so right. And if we can get that right, you're going to see a shift in the church in total because we can talk about and blame the church, but it's, it goes back to the head of the house. It goes back yeah. to the top, mm. you know, and if, 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 if dad wasn't there, you're there. And it just changes a generation mm. of hurt and pain and, and suffering. And I just love it because like you said earlier, like the church is taking their position. People are now mm. standing up and saying, there's an issue. Let's talk about it and let's address it. And let's, let's change the next generation of what they thought we looked like. So right. I'm so excited about that. Right. Yeah. So you've been going around the country with with other people, Jeffrey McCall, Angel Cologne, and different ones. And I, I know you guys are really being sought after right now because of the Equality Act. And this is something that people may or may not know about. Can you just give us a brief mm-hmm. synopsis of what the Equality Act is and why that's important to understand and know? Yeah. So everything is done in strategy now. And there's the fine blueprint or black print that you see at the bottom that no one really talks about. And so the equality sounds great. Who doesn't want equality for everyone? Right. You know, but they, they, they want, it's almost like they use these correct terminology to hide what's really going to happen. Everything mm-hmm. trickles down. If I can pass this agenda quietly, swiftly, then I can open the doors to all this other stuff. It's attack. It's an attack on the church. It's an attack on God's people because they've, because we have used the victim mindset preaching to come into, Oh, well, the LGBT is so bullied and this and that, which is true. Mm-hmm. But so are we as Christians, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. and, but we, you know, there's a different, now we have Jesus, you know, we know where our source comes and the Bible tells us, Hey, you are to pick up your cross, follow me, you know, deny this yourself, follow me, pick up your cross. So it's like, we're going to be persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted in my name for this is the kingdom of God, you know, but there's this victim mindset that's being played right now in our culture, our generation, they're using the equality act. So that they're being bullied, all this stuff, which is true, you know, and I do say that, I, you know, I've seen a, uh, a lot of that. But at the same time, this is a, a weapon 
to come into the churches. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, they're using the workplace to say, well, you hire me, this and that. But people don't notice that if two men that are married have kids come to the church and say, I want to be, you know, I want to work on your staff, or I think I, I have the right to be assistant pastor. And your pastor says, look, listen, I love you. I love everything about you, but this is what our faith holds up. You know, this is what we believe in scripture, you know? And, and so now if they say no, they can receive government punishment at, in, yeah. in, on the church level. They can get their licenses taken away. So now basically, basically, if a doctor says in general, listen, and he's not homophobic or nothing of that, which that word is crazy because anyways, the doctors, if they say, hey, I'm your doctor, I just don't think you should remove your parts. Like, I don't think you should go through this transgender reconstruction of your body because it's just unhealthy. I don't think you'll make it or I'll think they'll be, you know, with what your condition is. So even just that, they can go and report you and the doctor's license would be taken away. You know, people like Angel and I and Jeffrey McCall won't be able to share our documentaries, won't be able to share our stories because now they're deemed hate and they're deemed not equality. Everything's equality. Everything's inclusive unless you think different than we do. You know what I mean? Like a mafia, like you, you know, you're okay if you believe us and everything, if you bow down. But now if you decide that change is possible through Christ Jesus, now it's like a no, like, don't you dare. You're a, you're, you're hate, you know, your hate speech and all this kind of stuff. So the Equality Act is a weapon, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest something and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, all throughout scripture we see, and this is an idol. This is exactly what it is. We see idols end up falling. And we've talked about on staff how this is a direct threat to the church. This is this can be the one thing that takes churches down if they don't handle it correctly. And I just feel like in this moment, the Equality Act, it sounds good for everybody that, and like you said, that that's going to benefit from it. But it's so broad and it's so general that you're going to see it fold on itself. As long as the bride can remain the bride through this, it will shine bright. It will begin to shine bright. But this Equality Act has to surface in order for the church to shine bright. And we have to navigate it through love and through truth so that when it folds on itself, the foundation of Jesus Christ is there for those that it folds on. Because we're seeing with the Equality Act that there's transgender sports now, that you're seeing it begin to create its own tension within itself where now you've got females that are like, well, wait, if this Equality Act is going to help the Me Too movement and the women movement, why are these men coming in and taking over our sports? You know what I'm saying? So now all of a sudden, the same woman that's like, well, yeah, we sh- if, if he feels like he's a female, he should feel right to do that until he steps on my equality. He steps on my rights, you know, and vice versa. So I think we're starting to see some of that where people are going to have to f- choose the side on the line of morality. And when they do, the church has to be there remaining in, you know what I'm saying, in that love. So I feel like it is an attack on us, but the same way that every idol has been an attack on God's people, as long as they haven't, like you said about your mom, she didn't compromise her faith. There's a way of not compromising your faith that you don't have to ruin relationships in the process. Yeah. You know? And so I think if the church, if the church in general, if we can learn to do that the same way that Jesus did it, where 
it was more of the choice on the individual. It wasn't a forced thing by Jesus. It was, here's the way, and now it's your choice to make. Yep. And it, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see a time mm-hmm. where, outside of the people who crucified him, which were religious people, where they looked at him and said, I'm so angry at Jesus. He had a simple conversation. He was the example of what was to be done. And the person had the choice. And so I just feel like that. I feel, and you, again, correct me if I'm wrong, the Equality Act is going to continue to be a threat, but it doesn't have to take religion down. I think religion is going to be the foundation. The relationship with Jesus is going to be the foundation that holds true when the Equality Act does crumble. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. And, and and you're so right. Like the bride has to take her position and not mm-hmm. compromise to scripture mm-hmm. and be there with love when mm-hmm. chaos hits. That's most yeah. importantly. The chaos is going to hit definitely. It rains on the and on the just and the unjust, uh, the yeah. just and the unjust, you know? And mm-hmm. so I really feel that definitely has to be addressed, you know, definitely has to be talked about because it is an attack on the church. And if, and what's, what's hurting us right now is this twisting of scripture that seems to be the church and are saying, Oh, you're right. This is okay. So now they're partnering with this agenda. So it's like that since the church is partnering with the agenda, then why is this church here? Yep. You see what I'm saying? So now it's yeah. causing friction. And, and, and we, we heard an activist the other day tell us that, you know, we're not only are we just coming from the church because you guys have persecuted us. They say conversion therapy, electrotherapy. They say all these things that we've supposedly done, which is not one person can name. And I've been to Congress and I've been all over the place and, and to many churches and it spoke with many activists and not one person can tell you a doctor can tell you a conversion therapy camp. They can't tell you a practice, but supposedly there was many and this was going on and this happened to me or this happened to my boyfriend or this happened to this person, but not what, let me tell you something. (laughs) If someone electrocuted me, someone uh, did conversion therapy on me, your mama, your daddy, your dog, your cat, everybody, I would let you know that practice happened here, (laughs) this and that. There's not one practice. So it's, it's a weapon that they use, you know, to use us as conversion therapy. This is happening when it's not, it's fake news, you know, and it's always been fake news and not one person has been able to come up one doctor. You don't hear not one doctor going to jail because of conversion therapy or because of this practice was shut down because they were electrocuting people. It's a Hollywood movie made up, you know, and they're doing Mm -hmm. it really good, you know? So I really, I totally went off the grid there with that. I just felt like I had to say that because we're getting hit with that all the time. So what I meant to say is that they were telling us that after they go to uh, what they're using to come into these churches is you have to remove homosexuality out of the Bible. And if you don't remove homosexuality, the Bible or the story of Sodom, Gomorrah and all that stuff, then we're shutting you down. So this is not what the church, a lot of people are seeing because we're, we're, we're showing up. Somebody had told me that, what did they say? Something about, it's not just talking about it on Facebook. It's showing up to Congress to say, I oppose this bill. You know what I mean? We're real good with talking about it. And, but when we do show up, we hear these people, we hear all the stories that are being quieted on the news. Mm-hmm. You won't hear this on the news, but they're after the Bible. They're after t- deleting these script, the scriptures and coming after the pastors and the counselors. So now counselors, if they even touch the topic homosexuality or anything, they, uh, their license would be taken. And then now, yeah. now with parents with the Equality Act is that if you as a parent and your child come, and I'm going to go deep, a lot of people don't know about this, is that if you, if you're, 
child says, hey, I'm thinking about trans to going the transgender route. And you say, you know, I really wish that you would just wait till you're 18, you know, to make this decision with anything, you know, just, you know, wait it out. And at 18, you can make your own decisions, do what you want. If at 12 years old, you deny me that right, I can go turn you in and they can now remove your child out of the household because it is an unsafe environment. Hmm. So that's they're, they're not only just coming after the churches, they're coming after the parents, you know, and now in school, uh, I just went through a, a workshop here in Orlando, Florida, where they're showing pornography, pornography in the schools of how to have sex, how to have anal sex, how to do all these types of stuff. And then now to be pure and to abstain from sex is deemed as hate at, towards yourself is racism. Okay, towards yourself. Yeah. So this is the stuff that's going on that a lot of people in a lot of churches don't know. And that's why Fritis Identity is coming in and we're exposing the light because we are the light. And so that that's going on right now in our school systems and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff to this Equality Act that's really harmful um, for a lot of us. And, and like you said, this is actually awakening. It's so crazy. We never thought that the Jewish community, the Muslim community, the women's rights would come alongside of us and say, hey, I know we don't agree with a lot of the stuff that y'all talk about, but we want to join forces because now you're stepping on my land. You know, now, right. now right. as a woman that I fought so much and I, you know, as a woman, right. you know, the, the movement that they have, all of a sudden now they're saying a boy can just be a, a woman after yeah. all i fought you know what i mean after all the women's have fought you know so it's it now it's like it's, it's almost like god is building alliances you know and now we're coming against yeah. these demonic bills and, and things that are happening but there is hope and i feel like yeah. there's a movement there's an army arising there's a remnant taking their position and saying we are jesus people and we're going to move like jesus did rather we get persecution or they throw rocks and stuff we choose jesus and the truth yeah yeah that's awesome well you never have to worry about this show man we're we're gonna always <laughs> support you guys and anytime you guys want to come on and promote anything we we certainly would want to do that in our last few minutes, I, I just want you to talk a little bit because you're out there, you're in the field, you're on the front lines, you know what's happening out there and you've talked a little bit about it, but what do you see God doing as you guys are touring and going to different churches and speaking at events and going to the White House and doing all the things? What are you seeing that God is doing? Listen, <laughs> there's, there's a hungry generation of people, of young people, of older people that are with all this chaos it's 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 almost like in the darkness god still put the sky the stars in the sky to light up the way you know and i feel that although this craziness is happening god is stirring up a revival that we're going out into the streets we're going out into the churches the public school systems congress and we're seeing the hand of god like literally when i remember speaking in maryland and we were opposing a bill in maryland and I, I mean, the LGBT showed up and only a mm. couple pastors showed up, you know, which, mm. you know, was crazy for me. But mm. this lesbian came out of nowhere and she was just like, I've never heard Jesus like you've shared today in your story. 
can I get your phone number? I definitely want to know more. So it's almost like if through all this persecution, God is still working behind the scenes because you've been faithful, not to compromise the word, but at the same time, marry it with truth, Mm -hmm. uh, with love. Truth and love go together. They're married to each other. And if you can carry it, you'll be a force to be reckoned. So we're seeing when we go out to freedom marches and we pick a downtown area, where we're sharing and we're celebrating our stories of transformation of Jesus. That's our main focus of Jesus. If we're sharing Jesus, people are seeing that and they're like, wow, like you're not scared to tell me how it is, but you're also doing it in a loving way. We have people that come up with signs saying, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And we'll tell you kindly, hey, this is not the event for that. We don't do that. You're not helping mm-hmm. anybody. That is mm-hmm. not the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like now they're just like, whoa, like you're right. Like, so it's, it's a lot of people are now uh, because they were using it as a weapon. You know what I mean? To come yeah. against the LGBT community. And that's mm-hmm. something that we're, we frown upon. That's something we tell them. We're like, no, we're love and truth that goes together. So what we're seeing is while we're sharing love and truth, that's Jesus. We're seeing people running to the stage before we're even done preaching and they're giving their hearts to Jesus. Mm. Transgenders taking off their wigs and saying, I don't know. I know I heard this loud, this side being louder, but what I've heard from your heart, I didn't hear it on the news. I didn't hear it like on Facebook that everybody's talking so bad about what you guys are doing, but I could feel God's anointing. I could feel something weird going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like mm-hmm. little kids that run up to the stage and they're like 10 years old, nine years old and, and openly saying, Hey, I'm bisexual. I don't know what to do with this. Like I, I want Jesus, but you know, and so we journeying with them. So we're seeing this like revival happening in the churches, in the school systems. I mean, I can't tell you how many parents have come up to me crying on my shoulder because the story of hope that they have kids in the lifestyle. And then they hear this and then they see this big Jesus people of transgender, gay, lesbians that used to identify with LGBT, but now identify as children of God moving and not just a good debate. But moving in the anointing of God, where we're seeing signs, miracles, and wonders, and, and, and the power of God moving, where people are crying and falling on their face at the altar, this is not, and I told people, this: when you read the Bible, you get knowledge without Jesus. When you read the Bible with Jesus, you're able to share your story and anointing that oil pours out and falls on people. We're tired of just giving you a book. We're tired of giving you 12 steps to come out of homosexuality. We want to give you Jesus. We want to give you the Holy Ghost to transform your life even when you go to heaven. You know what I mean? Like there's a movement (laughs) of God's glory that we want to fall on parents, on people, on, on, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole different thing now, Mm -hmm. you know? I could sit here and tell you, go to this book, go to that. And there's nothing wrong with it because we have a lot of them on our website, you know, but we are in this moment where it has to be the fire of God and God's presence that moves you to this next generation that's to come because they're bringing fire and they, they know they're, they know what they preach. You know what I'm saying? Like they're hitting it hard in the church. They're hitting it hard everywhere. So it's time for God's people to rise and take her position and move in the Holy ghost, you know? And that's exactly what we're doing. Our, our events fire. I'm talking about fire. The worship is fire. I mean, we're praying for people. We're praying for ministries. We're blessing the churches. We're playing for the cities, you know? So, and not only that, and I'll finish it with this, that, that we're bringing the communities together. 
Mm. Like sex trafficking is coming alongside of us. Pornography, the people that are fighting against pornography is coming alongside of us. Different churches from different areas. We in our free our groups, we have Catholics, we have Baptists, we have Mormons, we have Adventists, we have Pentecostals, we have so there is a move happening right now wow. where it's like people are laying down their their dominational differences yeah. and they're saying there's an issue and we've got to come together. And it's funny how God, how God is preparing us to become one before that great day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on in in. (laughs) it. Wow. That's man. That's awesome. 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 So we, and and we're going to tell people in just a second, how you can get involved, where to go, all that good stuff. But today is a special day for you. Like it's a my, it's a monumental day um, for Luis, and you guys are getting a, a sneak peek nah. into something today. Because as of this recording, and I, you know what? Maybe I'll just let Luis tell you what what's what's going to happen. Because this is a true sign of God's redemption and, and redeeming Luis back to Him. So, Luis, tell us a little bit about what's going to happen today. Yeah. So, listen, this is coming from a person that never want anything to do with women. I mean, nothing like I just knew that they were here on earth. They were cool people to be best (laughs) friends with, but (laughs) never to what I thought the Lord was going to do next. Literally, it's, it's a miracle, man. It's a miracle. It's God, because like I said, this is something that in the natural would never happen. But since our God moves in the supernatural, he was preparing me for this moment. He was Mm -hmm. getting me ready to understand this next season. And so today, uh, well, I've been with a girl, dating a girl for quite some time now, almost a year and a half, two years. And I was fighting it. (laughs) I was like, uh, you know, it seems awesome getting to know her. But honestly, she has pulled stuff out of me that as a single Christian man, I probably wouldn't be able to find. You know, so it, God was using her in so many ways to pull out my mas- my kingdom masculinity, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and and just uh, it, it was just so awesome our relationship. So today, I'm actually asking her to be my wife. I am proposing mm-hmm. to her tonight, and I'm sort of nervous. <laughs> you know, I had to pray a long time for this one. I said, Lord, I need confirmation after confirmation. Because honestly, I wasn't looking for marriage. You know, I yeah. wasn't looking to date a girl. I wasn't looking like that was not my pursuit. My pursuit was Jesus. And God, you've done so much in my life that you don't have to do anything else. You know, that's the mindset that I had because yeah. I, I could have died. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have died from a lot of things, you know, and, and, so it was the Lord, like in that mm. season, just pruning me, developing me to be everything that he wants me to be. So I, you know, it's like, we put God in a box. Okay. Yeah. He can free me. He can take me out of this and I'll be single for life because obviously this comes, you know, temptations and all that. But God was just like, I have so much more, you mm. know, and, and marriage yeah. itself, it's, it's beautiful. So that, yeah, this is my next season and I can't <laughs> wait. I'm excited. Yeah, so you guys get to walk with him through this moment. In just a few short hours, he is going to be an engaged man. Yes. Yeah. I'm just. God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. How did you guys meet? 
And what was that like? Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. getting good stuff today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, man. So what's crazy about this is that she was a um, national champion and uh, she was a wrestler and she was in the lesbian lifestyle. And um, what? God wooed her and basically transform her heart. And she's been serving Jesus longer than I have. And she's definitely been a supporter and just championing everything I'm doing. I, I, I didn't even like her at the beginning. <laughs> like I was just like, <laughs> we're just friends, you know, and she was a cool person, but I never, like I said, my focus was on single for Jesus for life. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, right. I was wary. You could tell me different, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, like through her friendship, you know, Know, and through all that because it's so important you know um we became really good friends and then finally i start getting these butterflies and i'm like lord jesus i know that ain't the holy ghost or could that be the holy ghost I don't know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we just started hanging out more and i popped the question and through that there's been some ups some downs but it, it's literally putting my faith in jesus you know and just yeah. I'm not here to, and that's why we didn't make it public. That's why we didn't yeah. put it on Facebook. You know how people real quick, and I'm not opposed to it. That's awesome. Yeah, but yeah. I also felt with the story and the testimony, you know, it was good for to move strategically. And so I just, I didn't want people's affirmation because, you know, real quick with our stories, people are like, oh, they're just using that to hide you know, or no. they're just using this to cover up. And I'm just like, okay, you know, think what you, people are going to talk regardless, you know, they're going to talk. <laughs> so yes. I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just so excited. I've, you know, sat with my pastor. He's been awesome to just mentor me in this journey yep. Yep. and, you know, get that good guidance from the man of God. And, and it's just so happy to see that. Wow. God, if you could do it in me, Mm, mm. You can do it in so many other people, especially with people that I've I've told about this. Like they've wept in the and and cried because for someone just to pick up and say, "Hey, I know you're undetectable, but I say yes because I'm pursuing what this assignment God has put on my heart, and I love you for it." And it's just it's changed my life around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's so exciting to see what what God is about to do with this. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful story. So people are still getting married. You know, there is love still happening. <laughs> yeah. I know the world paints it a whole different. And, and even we've gotten to a point where it's just like, should we even like, does it matter to get married anymore? And it's almost like, man, like it's a covenant. You've mm. got to understand covenant. And when you understand covenant with God, you understand that marriage is going to amplify that covenant, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and teach you so many things. So I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta love Jesus in your singleness. Let me tell for those listeners out there, <laughs> you know, even Paul said that if you could be single, praise the Lord. Like I'm all about singleness and, yeah. and letting people know that they could stay. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. Know, you're not called to marriage, then it's, it's a blessing to be single, you know, but if God is calling you to pursue to marriage, to family, then run with it because sky's the limit. There's so much more in that. Yeah. Ooh, man. Wow. <laughs> that is just amazing story. And uh, folks, please, please, please. And I don't think I have to ask you too much because run to fearlessidentity.co. It's fearless 
identity.co. You can also see his story on changedmovement.com. They have a, Luis and Angel, they have a documentary. It's on Amazon. So, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're an Amazon Prime member, you'll see that there. Even if you're not, I would say go look at that documentary. Just some, some amazing things that God has done in both of their lives and support them. You know, if you're a pastor, you're a church leader, have them out to your church for a conference. It also support them, you know, and give to their ministry because they're the hands and feet of Jesus. They're Jesus with skin on. They're the ones that are going into the White House and, and, and Congress people and, and all of these things that, you know what, most of us, we don't have access there or, or we can't go there, whatever the case may be, but they're doing it. So let's pay for their travel. Let's pay for their their hotels, whatever it is that God places on your heart. Please give to them. So that's fearlessidentity.co. And of course, you know, we're everywhere and Kyle will tell you where to find us. Yeah. So we actually, you can go right to our website too now with thinkingoutloudmedia.com where you can find our latest episodes and more about us. But you can find us on Facebook at Thinking Out Loud Podcast. Instagram, thinking underscore out loud. And we're also on Twitter as well. And so you can find us on any social media page. You can download our episodes on all platforms that are streaming podcasts. And again, you can get our episodes right on our episode page on thinkingoutloudmedia.com. Yeah. And also we have, so I I have a page now and I, I set this page up so that you guys could follow me as listeners. So if you go to Facebook and in your search field, you type at so the little at sign, the real Kevin Wilson at the real Kevin Wilson. I just started it. So we got a few people following me there now, but go ahead and follow me. And if you follow me and you are a listener of the show, send me a message and say, hey, I'm a listener of the Thinking Out Loud podcast and you'll you'll see it there. And uh, we we are so excited and so thankful to have Luis. Thanks so much, Luis, for being on the show today. We love what you guys are doing. And folks... We love you guys as well, and we're happy to see you next week. Have a great day. God bless you guys.